in my zone. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to In the Zone podcast. This is going to be what was this number three, man? Number three. All right, lucky you know. number three. <laughs> so number three is going to be a little bit different. It's just going to be me and Aaron. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? All right, how happy, you doing this week? I'm good. Happy Family Day. Oh, happy Family Day, man. Yes, yes. We're dating ourselves now, so people know when we film this. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it's important because we're getting into the new, the first quarter. January has been an interesting month. You know, it was uh, challenging, to say the least. Uh, Lots going on and uh, we're getting prepared for the masterclass that's happening about what, a month? Yeah, masterclass is going to be what, the first and second week of March. Yeah, yeah. Um, So that's that's exciting. Um, You know, we put the feeler out in September of 2019. We had the launch at Bisha. Okay. Which was a success. We had about 250 to 300 people attend. Yeah, that was um, crazy. We got to introduce um, Jackson's Point. We got to introduce, you know, ourselves as a new company. We had some really good guest speakers. It turned out really well. And then there was a demand for it in yeah. terms of, you know, people want to continue that type of energy. They want to keep that spirit going. Um, I think the millennials in our community, in our community and outside of our community, really wanted to have that you know, a fresh new outlook on what we're trying to present in regards to real estate. Um, you know, real estate's kind of like an old boy club. It's kind of seems like it. It seems like it. And it seems like it's something that you get up, get into in your later years. Um, but when it's you see a lot of young people getting into it and um, seeing some success and having some stories, uh, you know, especially how cost of living is going up and you know, people, the big unknown of how I'm ever going to own my own home is kind of at the forefront right now. That's everything. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, honestly, it's um, it's challenging, to say the least. I'm going to say just from my side, as yeah. a mortgage agent, mm-hmm. it's so hard to advise people right. on what you can do when you don't really know where the prices are going. Right. right? Prices are going up, right? Correct. How much are they going up? Like, how, how do I prepare a customer who wants to get into the spring market and they're just trying to get ready? But, like, a condo today could be going for 400 and by May it could be 440 for that same condo. So right. how, how, how do we help people in budget and stuff like that? So I agree with you. The master class is so really relevant yeah. for today and for our generation and for the millenniums because a lot of us, you know, haven't really even purchased our first home yet. So, yeah. you know, yeah. now... You know, we're going to talk about it today a little bit, but there's a lot of new ways and strategies which we're going to get in deep in the masterclass, how people can actually get in the market. And buying, getting in the market doesn't mean I own my own home, right? Right. And I think we got to break that that stipulation that everybody has, right? Yeah, exactly. And the masterclass is there to, you know, make people aware that there's so many different ways to enter the market. You know, I, I enter the market... When I was 21 years old, um, and that was challenging. So no matter when you're going to start, it's going to be there's going to be some type of learning curves. There's going to be some challenges, but you know, getting familiar with some of the terminologies and strategies that we're going to get into in the masterclass will help you pre- better prepare yourself. Um, yes. And what's good about the masterclass that we're not just educate educators and teachers. We're actually people doing it every single day. Yes, right? exactly. You walked into the office today. I'm here you know, stressed on another level (laughs) (laughs) because I'm entering another market of development and I'm trying to learn that. But it's eventually going to be passed down into the masterclass for those individuals who want to then walk down that path. So the masterclass is full of individuals who are actually doing it. And what separates 
the masterclass from any other platform out there in terms from an educational standpoint is we're making it very action-based. Exactly. Right. So you're a mortgage agent and I see you, you're pushing people to, 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 to explore many different options that they will never look into before to give themselves an opportunity to be successful in the market on the finance side. And on the real estate side, we're trying to put opportunities and um, projects in front of people that they normally won't have access to and give them an opportunity to participate. Yeah, so let's, you know, as we're going forward, let's just rewind a little bit. Let's just talk about 2019 a little bit because I feel like our 2019, a lot of people don't know, we did so much work 2019 (laughs) from the beginning, from closing this deal. Did we close in January? Was it December last year? Did we end up closing? Stouffville? Stouffville. December, I think. December it was. 2018. Yeah, 18. But it, it just felt like it was the beginning of 2019. It was, it was. So, from, I, I want to rewind it back because when we first started working together, I think one of the first things that I brought to you was a site. Yes. It was in Stouffville. Correct. It was from one of my clients. So, I, I want you to talk about that experience mm-hmm. about how. You know, when I met you, obviously you still had, uh, you're still working on the flips, the rentals in the flips, yeah. uh, Lansdowne, Coleridge still like yeah. in, in the action. But when I when I knew you wanted to be a developer and when Stouffville hit your desk right. and you started to get to work, right? what was different with that than the buy, rental and flip stuff? Like how did you, what did you do to get in that zone? Because yeah. that's a totally different zone than the buy, rental, flip. Oh right? yeah, most definitely. Um yeah, first of all, the numbers were a lot bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely uh, a good exercise. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate you for putting that on the table, knowing what my goals and my aspirations were. Um, a lot of people don't, don't understand the secret to um, life is just telling people, as many people, what you want. Yes. Right? Because you never know who's actually going to, A, stumble into that. They may be at a networking event. They maybe talk to a family member, a coworker, and they might trigger something for you. Yes. Um, so dreams are dead if you keep them inside. But if you start Ooh. sharing them with other people, then they start to come alive. Because oh, other I like pe- that. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. A lot of people will start to bring your dreams to life Yeah. because you're, you're putting more legs under it. Same thing with you. I'll be like, Jason, this is my problem in terms of you know raising capital for this project or I need this type of financing. And I just say it to you, and all of a sudden you may come back with a solution and you may run into somebody and then vice versa. So it's a formula that I've used my whole entire life. Tell everybody your dreams. Tell everybody what your challenges are and, and they will put some legs under it and they may amount to something. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, to, for Stouffville, um, it was a great project. I think it was like $10 million dollars. 40 townhouses yes. in, in Stouffville, right by the gold station. On Main Street. So it on was like Main Street. A, Main Street and Ninth Line. Yeah, yeah. Really good development. Very good. Really good development. Um, me being who I am, I, I pursue everything 110%. Um, it didn't work out, but I call it a good exercise. Yeah. Because it's like I got to do everything that I would normally have to do if I had to put my money up. Yes. But I didn't have to put my money up, but I still went through the full process. So I went through the due diligence, went through the the analysis process, went through the negotiation process, and then it just turned out that you know the seller and I, um, there's some disconnect there. Yeah, the timelines that they wanted wasn't going to line up with what I wanted to do. So I eventually had to walk away, but I didn't just walk away. I didn't walk away because of fear. Yes, I walked away because I did all my homework, and then I I realized what I needed to get out of the deal. 
And then, and then at that time, I realized I couldn't get what I wanted out of the deal. And the seller also couldn't get what he wanted out of the deal. So we just mutually parted ways on it. But it helped me um, go through that first step of analyzing and touching and feeling and knowing what it takes to actually look at a development project. Because I'm coming from that renovation space, infill development space, mm-hmm. where it's probably... A lot of it's the same work, but then there's another tier of due diligence that goes into that. And lawyers. Lawyers. <laughs> and accountants. <laughs> and a lot of more number crunching yeah. and a little bit more dealing with the city mm-hmm. um, in terms of development charges, in terms of um, tearing on warranty and all. A little bit more finite detailed things um, in terms of different insurance policies that you need to get. Um, different structures, way bigger budgets, obviously. Yeah. Um, a lot more manpower needed. Um, but it, it was the warm up to where I am now. Um, and then, you know, getting into the Jackson's point project, um, I just took kind of like that exercise and spilled it over into Jackson's point. So how did, did Jackson's point come out? Like basically the same way because you're telling people, Oh, I want to get into development. And did you get that opportunity or that's similar how I gave you Stoville? Yeah. So like every, every time I meet somebody, they ask me, um, Hey, what's going on? Hey, what, what, what's new with you? And, Another trick that I learned is I always tell I always talk from my future self. Ah. Right? So I never talk about currently what's happening. Yes. Um, because currently what's happening, I already solved that issue. Yeah, that's done. It's already moving. Um, but I always talk in the sense of future. Okay. So yeah, I'm I'm in developments, I'm looking for this development, I'm working on this development. That's kinda like how I talk. And then they'll be like, Oh wow, okay. Well obviously you have to know your audience. You're not gonna say yeah, that to, to everybody. To everybody that you meet. You're not gonna say that to the janitor in the, in the office. Just doesn't have the capacity to understand what's going on. But if I'm meeting a, a individual who's in real estate, yes. I would always say, Hey, I'm looking for development projects. Okay. Right? And even if I'm not, I will still say it because I know eventually I will be looking for development projects. Um so you know, I, I put it out there, put some feelers out there to some professionals in the industry. And um, a friend of mine, Avery Babb, came back to me and said, hey, Aaron, I know you mentioned Jackson's Point two years ago. You're, you're familiar with the area. Guess what? I have an opportunity there. Um, Shout out to Avery. Avery's yeah. a really good guy. I've yeah. worked with him as well. So the way Jackson's Point worked is if I didn't, you know, tell somebody my goals and my dreams five years ago, I wouldn't even know about Jackson's Point. But I happened to be in Hamilton and I was looking at some real estate properties and I ran into some gentlemen who were also in Hamilton looking at some real estate properties. And they mentioned that they had a motel for sale in Jackson's Point. Okay. So I didn't even know anything about Jackson's Point. But, you know, I said, hey, sure, I'll look at it. Yeah. So they drove me out to Jackson's Point. Which and how many years ago was that? That was like five, seven years ago. Oh, wow. Um, and, and you saw the hotel. No, I, yeah. The we Ramada, went up there. The Ramada, that's, that's right crazy. off the lake. Um, so nice. I wish you got that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been perfect. But, you know, I was young at the time. I was yeah. in my mid-20s. But I never say no to looking at an opportunity. Yeah. Even if I'm not even ready to buy. Because it may be an opportunity for somebody else around me. And I can partner with them. Or I can make a commission on it. Or I can learn from it. Um, so every opportunity I look at, um, it takes a lot of time and effort to do that, but it's always giving myself free practice, Yes, right? free practice, free practice without even having to put my money up. Um, see a lot of people, they, they wait till they have the money to actually go shopping. I go shopping without the money. So yeah. at least I, when I start to go shopping, I know what I'm looking for. You know for. what you're buying for. And yeah. you see, okay, let's, before you go on from that, yeah. this is what I'm talking about. I don't feel like people who want to get into 
homes themselves. Like, I know you're talking about the development and everyone's going to be like, oh my God, this is development. This is a totally different from me when I, no, you want to buy a house and let's just say you want to buy a house 12 months out. Right. You should be looking today at the properties. Correct. Like, you don't really, like, you could have a realtor. A lot of realtors will just send you listings. There's right. nothing wrong with you sending, right. looking at them and understanding and calling someone like me and saying like, okay, how much would this cost? Yeah. Because everything you did on Stouffville before you you it didn't even go through is this almost the same things I feel like an individual should do right. when they're doing do, their due diligence if they want to buy a property. Right. So like there is really no difference except for there's a little bit more zeros, but the time you take took to actually execute on Jackson's point is the same time I think people should take when they're going to buy their first home because what happens is everyone's like, oh, I want to buy a home. Oh, I'm ready now. I'm going to go today. And then you're just jumping and jumping and yeah. jumping and you don't even know what you like. Correct. <laughs> like for me, I've been in real estate 12 years now. Yeah. I've never been in a bidding war. I've never been rushed to buy a property. Um, and I've owned over 50, 60 properties in a since I've started. And why do you think is that? Because I'm always prepared. Okay. Right? So there's something that I go off of um, the five P's. Proper planning prevents poor performance. Ooh. Right? And for me, it's, 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 and I like to move slow, fast. That's another thing that ah, I like to do. Slow, fast. Slow, fast. So it may appear that I'm going slow, but I'm really going fast because I'm like 10 years out. Yes. So, you know, I, I barely buy properties that are listed on the MLS. I'm always building networking I'm always networking, sorry, to find individuals that can just feed my pipeline. Okay. So when they call me, I'm prepared to make a move, right? It's like, hey, Aaron, this offer, this property, the, the owner gave me two, three weeks to move it for him or else going on MLS. But then I'm prepared to buy. So boom, I get it off market. So Coleridge, Lansdowne, Lynette, Wincott, all the ones that you've seen. Yeah. Stouffville. Yeah. Big House. Those, those didn't hit MLS. Yeah. Those are calls that I get and people like, hey, Aaron, I know a guy who's in a situation you think can come in, but I'm but I'm prepared. So because I'm prepared, I get those those deals. I get yeah. those sales. I'm not pressured. And 90 percent of my time is spending with individuals like yourself. Jason, what can I qualify for? What kind of financing? How can I get the construction loan? How can I I have to put all these things in place? So when I do get that call, I know I can execute. See what I'm starting to see and as a licensed realtor as well. People just spontaneously get up and want to buy a home, not understanding that a home has 100 moving parts, right? So I say that all the time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, so you, 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 you basically have to say to them, okay, do you want to open mortgage, fixed mortgage, variable? What are your plans? Are you looking to sell, keep it? Is it is, what's your income? Rental in, Could it produce rental income? Is there a highest and best use in this property? Is the location what the banks want? What are you trying to do? There's a, buying a home is just buying a home, but... You need to buy this home and use it as a tool. Yeah. Right? And Not it has to be a part of your long-term plan. Correct. Like, it can't just be, oh, I want a place to live. Because I'll be honest with you, if you just want a place to live, go rent. It's so much cheaper. Yeah. There's less headaches. And most of the responsibility and you get the is the flexibility. Landlord, and you get the flexibility. But the key is people don't understand is, let's say, for example, husband and wife. Yeah. And you know you just got married. And you know in two years you want to start a family. So why are you going to buy a house at your max price knowing that your income is going to get slashed soon yes. to stay on maternity? So do you now look for a property that has income potential, right? So you got to look for a house that fits your future plans and your next move. Exactly. Versus, oh, you want a million-dollar home or $1.2 million home. What do you... <laughs> Siri. <laughs> you want to, but you had a plan, and I totally understand yeah. that aspect of it. And mm -hmm. it's, to me, I think, 
what happens is we all get into the fear of missing out. And I'm going to talk about this now. Yeah. It's February. The market, there's no houses. Right. There's no inventory. No. The rates are going down. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation that's going on in the market. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen is April, May, June, July, August, everyone's going to want to rush into the housing market. Why? Because of fear of missing out. Yeah. So instead of sitting here in February or January or December ahead of where you're trying to go, right. you're just going to make a decision. It's kind of like this. You know what? It's like just the other day, the Tesla stock was going crazy. Right. You know, and everyone's just like, oh, Tesla, Tesla, buy Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. And then it fell. Mm-hmm. And now it hasn't moved. Right. But all those people that were posting about buy Tesla, I haven't seen them post anything. Yeah. But they were just in that moment because yeah. they're seeing their friends doing it. Yeah. They're they're doing it. But they're not doing it because it's right part of their plan or their right. investment strategy. So, you know, I, I, I noticed that with you. You do a lot of due diligence. <laughs> you ask a lot of questions. I posted that the other day. Yeah. To speak with people that ask a lot of questions because it means something, right? Yeah. So now as Jackson's point is going on and then you're able to take that that analysis that you took from Stoleville mm-hmm. and then Jackson's point came on your plate. Um, tell me what was the first thing that you do when someone gives you that opportunity? What's the first thing that you do? Ooh, you know, because I've prepared myself for so long, I can skip a lot of steps. So for, for an individual for the first time, you know, searching an opportunity, you just got to get as much information as possible. Okay. Right. So Jackson's point, you know, got as much information as possible. Then I start to gather as much people as I can that I can lean on for um, advice. Okay. Because I knew this was going to be my first development project, you know. And, you know, life humbles you a little bit and you realize you don't know everything and you're not the smartest person. So you start to build a team around you. Okay. And I, I always tell people I don't feel I'm the smartest individual. I'm just very good at trying to get the things and executing things and see where the chips land. Yeah. Um, it's not about... Being perfect, you know, Ray Dalio, Ray Dalio says it, you know, learn to be imperfect. Exactly. Um, but just make decisions that will keep you moving forward. Um, so do I know everything with Jackson's point? No, it's impossible. It's my first time. Yeah. Right. But I have people around me that have been through the process that I can have. I can build little checkpoints and bounce stuff out and bounce and bounce things off of, um, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes um, in certain things in certain areas where I can move a little bit quicker. But because of lack of um, experience, you know, I've been slowed down because I'm depending on other professionals to guide me along. But I've quickly um, corrected those mistakes and realized, like, okay, this time I'm going to do it better next time. Okay. Um, but, yeah, to Jackson's point, you know, how I approached it was simply building a team around me, uh-huh. um, doing my due diligence. Like, my, my Excel sheet, I'm on version 9. <laughs> oh, <shoot. laughs> so I've, I've revamped it like nine times yeah oh i should i missed the number here oh I, I i overlooked something always going over your work um and then continuously um trying to perfect your craft um i think that's that's the most important thing um we're always going to be making mistakes mm-hmm. but those mistakes are lessons yes um that you will get to carry on for the rest of your life um so what about um before we keep going on Jackson's point, I feel like we keep talking about this, but we're not telling anybody what it's about. So just give everybody like a brief description of Jackson's point. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the end goal that you're trying to accomplish and where you're at right now? Yeah, so Jackson's point is um, my first development flagship project. It's uh, 24 townhouses that I'm going to be building out in um, the town of Georgina. It's very nice out there. Yeah. I, I, Georgina is so funny, just to <laughs> interrupt. When we first went out there, I was dying because 
All of a sudden, I see all these like campsites <laughs> on water, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "Well, snow." No, it was on water. I knew there was water there, yeah, so okay, I wasn't. Okay, okay. I wasn't that naive. Right? <laughs> I knew it was water. So I'm like, "What is that going out over there?" Mm. Little did we know, like when we got back and we started doing research, like Jackson's Point over there by Lake Simcoe is one of the the best places for ice fishing. Yeah. So it's a very nice area with year round. Um, exposure correct but is that why like is that that why you wanted it or did you know that at that time yeah so like i said i went out there with that individual from hamilton yeah because i was in hamilton buying apartment buildings at the time and you know the gentleman brought me out there and he brought me out there in the summertime and it was packed with tourists and it was packed with residences from the surrounding area and it was like cottagey lake feel water it was nice the beaches were packed and he was just showing me everything like this ice cream shop here hour long wait this this restaurant high demand and he kind of gave me like a tour okay and i he wanted like 2.45 for his property at the time million and um i was i had no money to buy it but i got a free tour (laughs) (laughs) i got a free tour five years in advance of me getting to be back out there so when the opportunity came and i went out there i'm like oh shoot the townhouse development is by the ice cream store by the beach by the lake oh the golf course is right beside me um rush okay perfect i understand and then i assess it and say well you know i'm from toronto my clientele's in toronto i want to be a developer and with anything in life, even Hamilton, same approach. I wanted to buy in Toronto, but I didn't have the money to afford Toronto. So I went a little bit further outside, yeah. got my practice, got my knowledge, and then worked my way back into Toronto and purchased pre-construction, purchased some houses. So now being a developer, using the same formula, step outside a little bit, get your practice, come back. I'm not, I can't start off buying a $30 million piece of land. Mm. And then when I studied guys like um, Matt and me Holmes, you know, he's one of the biggest builders in Canada. Yeah. He started off building two houses in Burlington before he's. Oh, wow. I yeah, didn't even know that. Before working his way in and around Oakville, in and around Milton. Now he's in Toronto. Right. So I'm just going through the process. And I, and I realize, and something about life, Jason, that's people don't understand. Life has already been figured out. Mm. There's already a blueprint for everything that's on this planet. Yes. There's a few guys like the Elon Musk and the, the, you know, what Steve Jobs and those type of guys that are visionaries that recreate the world and yes. create new blueprints yes. like Mark Zuckerberg's and social medias. But those things have been here for a while now. So there's a blueprint there. Yeah. Development, real estate has been here from time. It's, it's everything. Everything. So yeah. that blueprint's already here. So all I do is I find successful people that I want to be like, like okay. Minto, Mattamy, um, Tridel. Like Tridel, when they started off, they were building fourplexes. Yeah. I heard I, I knew about that with them. They're building little fourplexes in and around the city, getting their practice, getting their practice, and they are who they are today. People yeah. don't just wake up and just be a big skyscraper developer. Yeah. Right? They that's think a, that's that a, it looks like it. It though. looks like that. Yeah. That's a 30-year journey. Yes. Right? So when people ask me why Jackson's point, why so far? I'm like, well, I'm a young company. Yes. I'm trying to mitigate my risk. I'm trying to hedge my hedge my risk against something. Mm-hmm. Right. So obviously some properties that I have, if something goes wrong, I can fill that gap. And it's only a two two million two point seven million dollar deal, twenty four townhouses, eighteen month project, in and out. Get my practice, do a couple of those, get familiar, be safe, protect the investors, and then scale my way, roll my way back into the city where I can make that twenty million, thirty million dollar land acquisition, forty million dollar construction, hundred million dollar budget. Yeah. You know, but right now let's keep it 
keep it cool. Keep it simple. Um, show people that you can deliver. Yeah. Right. Like people always ask me all the time, like, you know, why don't you just go build a hundred homes? Well, let me get, let me build 10 first. Yeah. Right. You know? Let me build 15 and 20. I slow fast. So yes. I'm getting there slowly, but I'll get there quicker. Quickly, and, and it'll know? happen faster than people even realize. Yeah. So at the point right now, mm -hmm. um, what stage are you now? So right now, um, we're in a stage of closing the land. Um, we're also in the stage of doing the soft, the soft costs. So what the soft cost process really is, is working with the architects. So coming up with the, the schematic drawings, okay. coming up with the um, elevations, okay. um, working on working with the engineers and the consultants. Okay. So designing where the roads are going to be, where the stop sign is going to be, where the mailbox is going to be, um, like just um, working with the city and, and the municipalities um, for um, the things know, that they need. Things that they need, like um, the sewers, the water runoffs, um, contamination, remediation programs, all that type of stuff. Um, those are things that we're working with right now. And then we're also, um, we have opened the doors for investors to come in and um, invest in the Jackson's Point project. So we set up a GPLP structure, which ultimately is a partnership with the development and the developer where investors can come in and participate in a portion of the profits of the project. Um, so, yeah, it's been a great learning experience. Um, setting it up just like how the big boys set it up. Um, so just just to go back, mm -hmm. um, I just want to, just for the people that don't know what a GP and an LP is, mm -hmm. what does that mean? So GP stands for general partner. Okay. So the general partner will be myself. Okay. Um, which is the developer. Um, so basically, I'll make all the decisions for the for the project. Yes. And then LP is limited partners. Okay. So they they don't have any say in terms of the direction of the project. Yes. But they're investors of the project. So okay. they all, they'll hold a percentage of the projects by shares. By shares. By shares. So based on what you contribute to the project is based on your distribution amount. Okay. Um, so that's that's the protection that the investors have. And then the GPLP, well, the LPs will be registered on the, on the, on the land. On the on land. The so the they land. have a secure position on the property. So at the property. same time, they're, um, they're, even though they're not the general partner, they're almost as invested as you are correct as an individual yeah so it's almost like you know a lot of people say oh i want to be a uh, developer yeah the question is do you really want to be the developer or do you would you like to make some money like the developer do you want to be a part of a development correct you know or do you want to do actually all the work right Correct. that makes a lot of sense and i think that um that you know i love that aspect of real estate because Everyone thinks about real estate, about owning a home. Mm -hmm. But, like, there are multi-millionaires, even billionaires, mm -hmm. that have never been a general partner, mm -hmm. and they've only been limited partners. Correct. All, all they do is done equity investments into to support developers' dreams. Correct. You may be someone like like someone like myself. I'll be honest with you. I have no desire to do what you do. 100 million percent. You tell me that every day. But I have <laughs> the desire to be a limited partner Correct. all day because Correct. I like that side of it. I, I, I don't want to know where a stop sign goes. I want you you to tell me the stop signs there and i'm like oh aaron was that the best place for the stop sign correct yes okay cool like that's to me that's where my level of expertise stays and i know where i'm comfortable in and i think what happens is a lot of the times everybody wants to cross lanes so right. instead of me saying like oh let me support you in your right. dreams and it helps me with mine no i don't want to work with aaron i'm just gonna go straight to getting getting my own property and doing it on myself right. and i think we got to work on that mind frame of how we work together instead of separate because Correct. both of us can accomplish the same goals right. by us taking on different types of risks. Correct. And, that, and, and um, 
you know, my mentors that I've had in the in the past and future and well, I'll say present, um, they always applauded me on the fact that I'm a very good student. Um, and it, you know, for the listeners here that want to get in the zone and really take their life to the next level, you got to be really good students, right? Being a teacher is, is boring, um, and you don't get to grow. So what I what what I mean by that simply is, you know, do what you do really really well uh-huh. and then what you don't do well pass it on to somebody who can do it who can execute it John. yeah so you know it's funny when you said that the student stuff because it doesn't remind you of what mike was telling us yeah. remember mike was like oh anytime he felt like he was the um, smartest guy in the room mm-hmm. he changed rooms like right. he went somewhere else to elevate so right. it seems to me that like you you do that yourself is that probably that's why you guys are so close or is it mike beating you up and making you do that <laughs> Um, you know what? I think I naturally got that. Um, it's just that for me, I'm so in tune with what I'm trying to do at all times and I'm, I'm following my calling. Okay. Um, and I see a lot of people nowadays because of social media, there's so much information out there. People just want to do what other people are doing. Um, I've been in real estate and I've been doing real estate before I even had Instagram. Um, I was doing it from a, from a, from an, from an angle of survival. You know, coming from Metro housing, coming from an at-risk neighborhood, wanting better for myself, my family, wanting to be a good influence for my friends and giving them an opportunity to see something outside of the neighborhood. I was doing it from an authentic perspective, from an authentic place. I didn't get into it for money. I never had a dollar amount. I said, Uh, let me build a skill. Let me learn something that, you know, is in the one percentile of, of the elite so you've never, do you have a, like a necessary financial goal or is it more, uh, you have something, is there something that you're, you're going for in general or is it just, um, legacy or something? I don't know. Like, yeah. Wow. I get this question all the time. One, I don't know how much money I make a year. Okay. I never care to calculate or ask my accountant. Yeah. Um, I don't want to put any figures in my head. Okay. Um, B, I don't limit myself or bottle myself in any one category. Okay. I stay open. Um, you know, as long as my basic necessities are covered, I'm gravy. I'll throw everything back into the mission because I don't really know what the, the end destination is for me. Okay. Um, it's going to be in real estate, but I don't know if it's one day I can be owning a bank yeah. or one day I can be a, a big development firm. Um, I'm just trying to see where the, the waves are going to carry me. But I understand that there's things on my part that I got to do, yeah. which is stay consistent, um, continue to stay positive. Okay. Um, not every day things go my way, and sometimes not even the year goes my way. Yeah. Um, but I think I've been consistent for the last 12 years in terms of when people ask, oh, do you know Aaron Charles? Oh, yeah, that guy in real estate. Not the guy, oh, he's selling this or he's doing that. I don't want to ever be that guy. Okay. I just want to be consistent. That makes sense. So have you gone, like, obviously this year, like, I know this a little bit, but then, you know, this podcast is, like, in the zone. Yeah. So has there been a moment through 2019 when you've been working on Jackson's Point and even, let's just say, the first two months of this year uh, when you felt out of the zone? Yeah. And then what did you do to get back in the zone if that if that ever happened? Yeah, I was explaining this to somebody uh, yesterday. I fall in and out of the zone all the time. You know, I ain't Superman, I ain't Clark Kent. Um you know, I'm human. I'm, 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 I'm affected by emotions. Okay. 
I'm affected by, um, you know, a lot of things that can happen with such a big project like this, you know, you know, you know, you expect something to come through or happen or on a specific time um, and it doesn't happen. And then, you know, it becomes a trickle effect yeah. and, and then it blows over on the other end. Yep. Um, but, you know, I always got to maintain and compose myself and say to myself, because of consistency, I kind of know my tendencies. Okay. Right. So I know I just got to go through it and I know it'll work itself out because I've been consistently seeing it work itself out. All right. So you got to be familiar with, you know, different stages that you're going through because you've been through it over the last 10 years, 12 years. I've known for the last 10, 12 years, I've had so many adversities, but Uh I'm still sitting here standing. Yes. So I know this is just one of those things I got to get through. Um, So just doing the work. Right. I may miss a deadline, but it may not be my fault. But I, as the owner, owner and the CEO and the president, you know, the blame's going to come on me. Yeah. And I got to be, I got to take responsibility, even though it's not my fault. It could be my lawyer's fault. It could be my accountant's fault. They could have missed something. You know, they, someone could have been sick in their family, but then I got to answer to my investors and they may give me a hard time, but I got to be able to take it. So the things I do to just get back in the zone is sometimes take a little break. Okay. You know, it could be as simple as go play basketball for two hours, you know, get myself back in a happy spirit and happy mood. So I like to do things that get me happy. Hit that Kobe two step. Yeah. (laughs) Hit them with the fadeaway. Um, But yeah, I like to do activities and I was explaining this to somebody instead of like fighting the problem for the day. Yeah. Sometimes just put it down. Go do something you know you can go find happiness in. Yeah. It's if, if it's reading a book, spending time with your kids, going out for dinner, um, calling some friends, watching the sports game. And then you know as a successful person that there's a time and place for everything. Yes. So you're not going to overindulge in those things, but it may just be two hours you need and then you just get back to your work and you're in, you're in, you're in better spirits, right? So before I blow over, I stop. Take a minute, pause, go do an activity that makes me happy. Yeah. It's usually basketball. Okay. Um, that's where I get to recreate my Kobe moments and then come back to the boardroom and get to work. So do you uh do you try to follow like a daily routine, like morning routine or whatever? Yeah. So I, I definitely have um habits that have kept me sane. Okay. Um it usually starts right in the morning time. Um I like to wake up anywhere from four thirty in the morning to five AM. Um, no matter what my night was looking like, yeah. you know, there's some nights I'm tossing and turning and I can't sleep. And when that alarm goes off, I still react as if I had a great night's rest. Yeah. Um, and I just get to it. Um, the first thing I like to do is go to the gym. Um, because when I'm working out, it's just me by myself. And then I'm pushing my body to, to his max potential. Um, and then it's just my mind just thinking. Okay. So I get to put some strategies in place. Um, because I'm stressing my body and then my mind just open to yeah. receive, to receive. And I see you wake up early in the morning and I see you go for your runs and stuff. Yeah. And it's painful. You know, the weather might not be on your side. No, your sucks. joints not may not be, sucks. you know, you may not uh, have that energy that morning. I never do. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when you push yourself, your body's saying something to you like, we got this. We're fighting for something. And then all of a sudden your mind opens up. And then then, then just a flow of information goes in there and you get to figure it out. So by the time you go back home, have breakfast, take a shower and get to your desk to work, yeah. you're pumped. You're like, yo, 
I just beat myself up for two hours. Yeah. Today's not going to conquer me. There's no way. I, I just went to battle already. This is my second battle to work. Exactly. Right? So the physical battle already started. And that's what I feel helps me. Right? So that's good. Because to be honest with you, mm -hmm. like, um, I actually, like, you, I wake up early too. Mm -hmm. I got that from Kobe. Like when he like, and it's no joke yeah. from when he, he will used to say he used to get, okay, if I woke up at 4.30, I practice from 4.30 to 5.30 and then I come home, take a little break, go back, go to practice yeah. from 8 to 10. Right. He says that and then he goes to camp, yeah. right? And he goes, if you add that up mm -hmm. over like 10 seasons, no matter what you do in the summer, you could never catch up to me because yeah. every day I have two extra workouts. Exactly. And I find that way. And you know what makes me motivated to get up in the morning? The construction workers are always up. Always. So the way I look at it is I'm someone that's in real estate and they literally build the things that I finance. Right. So if they're up, mm -hmm. why aren't I up? Yeah. Because I got to, if, if, if we're on the same level and we're doing the same type of activity, mm -hmm. I always, so they motivate me. It's like the other day it was like minus 70, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and those guys were working in the yeah. morning. And I, I woke up and I was like, what's it going to go? I was like, oh, it's too cold to go to the gym. Yeah. And I look outside and the construction workers are working. I'm like, man, I better get to work. So my thing is like, I get up in the morning and I um, I go straight to meditation. Mm. I meditate. It's very important. Um, I write down my goals and then I write down what I got to do for the day and then I hit the gym. Right. So either like recently I started taking a, taking a class uh shout out to fit squad they've been working me out <laughs> i've been going there which has been pretty cool i used to run a lot when yeah. i was training for the marathon but now i'm trying to do some strength training because right. you know um you need a bit of both yeah you need the both so i did that in the in the in the like fall wind in, sorry summer fall mm. so now i'm weightlifting. so i'll right. do that i'll come back from the gym and then i'll just get to work i'll look at what are my activities for the day who do i have to meet for the day yeah um, and then kind of just hit the day running. And you're very good at that too. I always applaud you on how, like I was even asking you before the podcast started, like you know, how do you line up yourself like so well, like boom, 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 boom. For me, it's one, I like to do one thing, one major thing a day. Yeah. You kind of do like three, four. Yeah. But <laughs> see, but I think that's what it is when you're a mortgage agent, yeah. you, do, you have no choice yeah. because a lot of the times I'm up in the morning. Why? Because in the nighttime people are messaging me and let's just say they put an offer in the house. Right. So I got to work with it. But then while they're waiting for me to get the answer, in the daytime, I got to work with the lenders. True. So the lenders work nine to five. My clients work or call me whenever they want to. Mm -hmm. So they want to see me five to 10. Yeah. So like I got to get up before everybody. And not to say like, trust me, I'm someone and anyone who knows me, I love my naps. Yeah. So it'll be like one, two in the day and you'll find me knocked out. <laughs> but I know I've done so much stuff ahead of time yeah. because I just won't try to get ahead of it. Right. And I find the more that I'm ahead of things, mm -hmm. I'm more prepared. And like, I'm bringing this back down to what I talk to my clients when they go and look for homes. Mm -hmm. Just like when you look at Jackson's point, you plan. Like, you yeah. got to be ahead of the game because it's going to happen. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? You got to practice. Because yeah. when it hits you, when the game starts and they turn on that switch and they're like, they pass you that ball, you have to know what to yeah. do. You got to know your mechanics. And, and I feel like my morning routine gets me set for that. And I know there's days, honestly, I'm not perfect. There's a lot of days. I'll go like three, four days and I don't wake up and I don't work out. But then I'll catch myself and I'll be like, oh, something's not going off. Okay, I got to get up in the morning. I got to get a good night's sleep and I got to start it up. So for me, I stay in the zone. Me staying in the zone is I know my morning routine is 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 solid yeah. because... You've practiced it enough times. So much. So like you, I practice So you know it. how to get back to it. 
and it sucks too because sometimes you know you go out to the club and you, you come home and it's like two in the morning and then you wake up at like five and you're like oh. yeah. and you want to sleep in but you see that is shows me that my body is telling me that I'm prepared for yeah. that war already. Yeah. Like, I'm prepared to go off a two-hour sleep and last the whole day. There's times me and you talking, you're like, oh, I haven't even slept today. And I'm like, look at this guy. And I just, like, woke up in the morning. I'm like, ah, I'm, like, well-rested. Right? You're like, yeah, I haven't slept. I'm like, well, I bet you I won't talk to Aaron after three, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still going. <laughs> no, and but you're still going. But the other, the other thing um, that, you know, to the audience is, is there's one thing to practice, but you got to practice perfect practice. And that's another thing that I learned from, you know, the Mamba mentality. Yeah. And it seems like we're on the Mamba mentality because, you know, Kobe passed away. He was one of my favorite basketball players. But I never really liked Kobe Bryant um, just for basketball. Yeah. Um, because, you know, while Kobe Bryant was playing, I liked Allen Iverson. Yes. I liked Vince Carter. I liked Tracy McGrady. But there's just stories that I always heard about Kobe that just, you know, no one could be outwork Kobe. No. No one watched as much film as Kobe. So to me, that's my due diligence, ah. right? I can never stop looking at Jackson's point. I call my CFO, hey, Gary, um, double check this number. Look at this number. Yeah. Oh, I just spoke to the developer. He says I can do this. I can do that. You know, a lot of people do the due diligence. At, for f They just take five days to do the due diligence, and they think they did enough work. While the deal's still going on, there's more due diligence to be done. So, yep. you know, that's like Kobe watching film, and then Kobe always being up early in practice, and, sh and doing extra workouts, that's like, I feel I'm the same way in terms of, you know, if you follow me on social media, 90% of the time, you're going to see me wake up 4.35 a.m. and I'm in the gym. And then you're going to see me at work. And then you're going to see me on sites during the day. And then on weekends, I'm going to be at work too. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of advice for people out there is the reason why I feel a lot of people are struggling in, in getting in the zone and finding their calling is for one reason. Their mission in life is not big enough. Oh, yes. I know I have to wake up early every morning to get enough hours on my mission. Yeah. And some days it's still not enough. Yeah. So if you can't wake up early and you can't motivate yourself, you just have nothing to motivate yourself right now. So you have to now go and find that mission and find that plan that's going to get you up every day automatically. You can't even, you don't, you can't think about it. Like I jump on them in bed and be like, okay, cool. 9 a.m. Got to be at the lawyers. 10 a.m. Got to be at the uh, accountants. 11 a.m. Got to be at the mortgage broker. Oh, I got a client meeting me at one o'clock. Investors at two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, six o'clock. Okay. I might get the chance to eat right now. So then I start to meal prep. I start to, um, you know, iron my clothes the night before. Have sometimes I fall asleep in my gym clothes, so I can just roll out of bed and get to the gym. Just get to it. So putting my life on autopilot because, you know, the mission is just so big that I don't even have extra hours to spare. And I think it's no difference. Like I know me and you were two entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. We work for ourselves. We're talking about this, but I just don't think it's no difference to someone who's an employee because okay. I used to be an employee and I used to Me wake too. up early, used Me to too. do the same thing. When I went to college, yeah. I worked full time and I went to college. So yeah. the way I look at it, I don't think it's any different if you know you're working on your passions on your side yeah. and you're working a nine to five and like there is nothing wrong with working towards your goals. Well, like I, I heard something very important and I practiced this when I was working at the TTC. Your nine to five is your nine to five. That's what takes care of your living. That's amazing. That's your safety net. That's your parachute. God bless you. 
Because as an entrepreneur, we want that too. And we try every day to strive to create that. Yeah. But what makes a true champion is what you do from 7 to 12. Yes. So when you come home, you have your dinner and you, you, you put your kids to bed and whatever. It's what you do with those extra four or five hours. Are you binge watching Game of Thrones? Are you watching Power? Are you just scrolling through social media before you fall asleep? Those are the crucial hours of you putting in that extra three, four, five hours on yeah. your on your next business plan and venture. So when I was working at TTC, I'll give you my routine. I was on the night shift. I worked 11 p.m. and clocked out at 8 a.m. Oh, wow. I would go home and sleep from 8.30 a.m. because I would clock out at a subway station close to my house. I'd get home at 8.30, have breakfast, be in bed by 9, 9.30, Wake up by noon, and I was out by in Hamilton till at at two o'clock, two p.m. And I'll stay there. I'll stay out there till nine p.m. You know, I look at properties. I take care of my properties. I'll be at the lawyers, whatever the case may be. I'll come back home, sleep for another hour, and then get to work for eleven p.m. again and do it five days a week. Wow, that's crazy. Because I've always learned it's what you have. The little time that you have yeah. outside of your nine to five, yeah. those are your your hours to build your business. Yes. And I did that for eight years straight where I built a sizable portfolio, built up enough equity and cash to then branch off and get into entrepreneurship full time. And there's also sacrifices. So like, oh, man. like in some ways, you know, you sacrifice sleep, you sacrifice time, you sacrifice friends, you sacrifice right. parties, mm -hmm. you, you know, sacrifice the whole bunch of stuff to get to where you want to mm -hmm. get. So I, it seems to me like the world nowadays, like everyone's like, oh, you got to find your passion. You got to find your passion. Da, 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 you got to do this. You got to work on your side job. You got to work on your hustle. Because why? You know, we live in a really big city. It's very expensive to live. It's not cheap. I'm not going to discount it anyway. Like I sometimes I talk to some of my clients and like the cost of daycare is insane. So it's you got to balance it. But at the same time, you have if if you want that next level, you got to be willing to work for it. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with not wanting that next level. Mm -hmm. So like we were talking about, some people want to be a general partner. Mm -hmm. Some people want to be a limited partner. Yeah. So is there a way that you could use your employment income or your equity in your home or your savings habits to get to become maybe a limited partner? Because maybe you don't have the capacity or to the be a general exactly. partner. Exactly. So maybe a limited partner is what it is. So I love what we're doing because some of the things that we're trying to do with masterclass and, you know, creating the general partnership, limited partnerships, and some of the things that I'm working on with building a fund yeah. so we could bring in registered individuals and stuff like that to also invest we want to create opportunities so people can get into real estate that is not just that you need to put in all the work yourself right. because at the end of the day this world is run on you know we all know it other people's money the government runs on other people's money yeah. the world works on that so we all need help from other people yeah. to reach our goals so you know my goal as an entrepreneur is to provide opportunities for people to reach their goals. And right. maybe your goal is just, oh, I want to buy a vacation home in 10 years in Florida. And that's a great goal. Amazing. You know, and hopefully through real estate, whether it's your own property, investment properties, or investing with others, you could reach those goals. And I think that's the thing about real estate. It's that passive, that what you can do when you're sleeping and you can still be earning income. Yeah, so like, you know, the masterclass, like I said, like, you know, not to like, you know, sound like I'm bragging or anything, but like, 
you know, I came up with the with that idea alongside Jason, and I was very specific in terms of I need action, action yeah. takers, and and people who are doers. Um, and you know, and the guys leading the forefront are doers. Yes. You know, you're a doer. I don't have to worry about you waking up. Sometimes you message me before I message you. Actually, you message me before I message you all the time. But um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you're you're a doer. You know, and then like a like someone like a Michael Yat, like he pushes me. To, to stay on top of my shit too yeah. um, And then Then there's me Who Tries to put big thinking And big ideas out there For everyone And to slap it around And see if it can be done um, You know First quarter of Masterclass We sold Well our investors In total We invested 20 to 25 million dollars Worth of real estate In the Nordic project That we was did, crazy We did another 10 to 15 million dollars Worth of um, deals At Backyard condos. And that was a hard project to get into. Yeah. Then we did another, you know, 10, 15 million in assignment deals. And, you know, we raised capital towards Jackson's Point and other projects. These are individuals that came into our masterclass not even thinking they can do something. And they turned a lot of things into possibilities. Yes. You know, you showed people in the masterclass how to be their own bank. And then all of a sudden people realize, oh, shit, I have equity in my home. Let me take control, you know, because the first thing in order to build a business or have anything, you need to get back your freedom. Yes. Right. So you got to put yourself in a position to be free. Yeah. Right. And that's like now look at the blueprint. I was telling you banks. Yes. Be your own bank. You have equity in your home. Your goal is never to pay off your home. Your, your goal is to have assets and other things pay up, pay off your home for you. Yes. But it starts with you paying off the home. But once you get to a position where equity has been built, mortgage has been paid down, you can now take that and now become an LP, yes. which is a bank. Yes. Banks are not in the business of owning real estate. No. They're in the business of participating in real estate. Right? So why would you want to own real estate and then have to deal with the everyday ongoing process of owning real estate when you're trying to create freedom? That's all you're trying to do. Right. Either. When you're trying to create freedom. Yeah. I don't want people like Aaron said don't, not to own real estate. No. Own real estate if you want a place to live and yeah. you, you've figured out what you want to do and plant your seed. That's fine. But if you want to create freedom, just participate in real estate yeah. to create freedom. Exactly. And let somebody else do the heavy lifting that you don't have the time for. But, and if you generally have a liking for all this stuff, then, you know, put the right plans in place to then be that person. Yes. Two years from now, five years now, from 10 years from now. But you can participate today in the freedom aspect of things. So While you're waiting for that. Because correct. what happens is, you know what people do? Yeah. Oh, I don't have enough money to buy my own place, so I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to do what, anything. But what happens if you have 20, 30, 40 grand and you could be part of a, a development or part of a rehabilitation? Yeah. Or what happens if you want to assist Something that I, I actually, you know, I'm just bringing up right now that I think we should start talking about in Masterclass too is people should be working with their friends and their family to help their real estate goals. Because yeah. there's nothing wrong with me saying, here, Aaron, you know what? I have an extra 50000 and I'm not really doing nothing, but you're looking to buy a condo. How mm -hmm. would I help you give you a little bit more down payment so you can buy it? Or yeah. what if me Simple and you... Simple joint venture opportunities. Or what if me and you want to go live together just to split the cost? Co I always... Co-living. Co-living co is going to be the next phase. It's in London. It's in the big cities already. We look at it through WeWorks. We look at it through all the shared office place. People love that. Like yeah, I, exactly. like I, like I, I have a, a little shared desk at WeWorks too with uh, one of my <laughs> colleagues over there, and I love WeWorks. I just honestly, I like walking in there and I see so many different faces yeah. and so many it different. Gives you, it gives you energy, right? Yeah. And, um, like you know what? It's like, you know, I don't I, like. 
I just ran into things and I did things because I'd like to move my little feet. Yeah. Um, you know, I bought my first 10 apartment buildings with other people. Yeah. Oh, you have good credit? We'll buy it in your name. I'll yeah. bring the cash. Oh, you got the cash? I got good credit. We'll buy it in my name. And we just did a bunch of different structures. That worked I well. wouldn't be where I was today if I didn't get help. Yes. The problem with today's society is... Everyone is looking for instant gratification and they want all the, the credit, all the glory, Everything. all the credit. But you but, know what they don't want? They don't want they don't want the pain. They don't want the pain. But watch this now. Life is funny because yeah. success is written everywhere. It gives you clues. Watch this. When you watch a movie and you watch the credits, how many people are on the credits? Holy. I never thought of it that way. When you go look you at the, They do it so fast, you can't even read people's names sometimes. <laughs> you, you go in the back of an album, how many producers, how many people were part of this project? Yeah. But then when it comes to our life, yeah. we just want one act. Yes. Impossible. 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 Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's like, oh, Golden Triangle is doing a, um, a development. I want to be part of the credits. Yeah. I want my name to be on that. Yes. When it's all said and done, so-and-so, so-and-so was part of this. And it's you know it's funny that In you say that? In conjunction with... Golden Triangle. Right. But you know what it's like, too? Like, the Raptors just won the championship. Correct. But do you think the Raptors, the 12 players that were on the team, were the only ones that got the ring? Hell no. Who else got the rings? Staff got rings. Staff. Employees got rings. Everyone. Security guards got rings. Everyone has a role to play. Everyone has a role to play in order for those 12 men. To be comfortable and be in their zone and lock in and don't have to worry about washing their shirt. Don't have to worry about their shoes. Nothing. There's there's somebody there to make sure all their equipment is there. And let's even manager. break it down even further. There's an ownership team, <laughs> mm. which is MLSC. Yeah. But MLSC is owned by, uh, I think, Richard. Is it Richard Petty? Is it Petty? No, no, um, no, no. Tannenbaum. Tannenbaum. Yeah. Larry Tannenbaum. Rogers. Yeah. And Bell. Yeah. So you're talking about two major <laughs> corporations are putting in millions of dollars to yeah. make this organization run. And then let's take it a step further. Rogers and Bell are owned by who? Shareholders. Millions of shareholders. Some people are in the, some people that we know own shares of it. So it's like it's not just those 12 men. It's not just Kawhi Leonard. No. You know, it's not just Kyle Lowry. It's no. the thousands, if not millions of people that are behind the engine yeah, that engine. run the Raptors. Yes. And you know, I think that's like, you know, just to like go on in that, I think what we gotta try to do with our community, what we are everyone, what we are what doing, we are doing, we are doing it. is trying to encourage people to get together. Like us working together. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. think people who know us never knew we would end up working together like this. And, and it's not listen, yeah. at the end of the day, it's like you learn to work with people. Yes. Right? In the beginning Jason was like, I'm like, <laughs> now it's like, we're just, we mush together because yeah. at the end of the day, you realize we all have different skill sets. Yes. And I realized, why am I fighting to hold on to my position? You got to be comfortable with who you are and understand that you are who you are and it can never be taken away from you. Exactly. So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, there's no shame in you not being the developer. Exactly. Right? And know your values in the LP. And, that there, and then later on the, down the road, it may be a flipped position yes it may be like hey investor um i know you invested i want to invest in something that you're doing what are you doing what are you up to it you could be like hey know. aaron hey aaron you know what when my um when your investment matures i actually have this next opportunity that Correct. i want you to come in and help exactly. me with exactly. right and what the the joke is that you know they always i can't remember what they call it someone's probably gonna have to tell me but you know when you want to go buy a car and you see that car all the time yeah right mm -hmm. 
now it's it's coming into your life, right? Yeah. You speaking into existence. So you want to be an investor. Yeah. Maybe the first step might be investing in somebody else's project. Yeah. Then that energy is going to come to you. Because right. then what are you going to do? You're going to start reading about it. Right. You're going to read articles. You set your Google alerts to talk about mortgages, yeah. development, stuff. You start looking at all the new developments start start coming up. And all of a sudden, the energy starts attracting to mm. you. And then all of a sudden, you come up with an idea to make more money that can spearhead you to get into more development. Yeah. So I think everything is connected. And I think what what we're going to be encouraging people going forward and what In The Zone podcast is, right. is to show people how... Anyone can get into the zone. Oh, yeah. And it's not just um, my zone and your zone. We may want something for our lives, mm-hmm. but you may want something else, but we could still bring you along for the ride, correct, right? Correct. And, like, we're all trying to work together to do something big. And I'm excited for 2020. Like, yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah. I think we're going to have a crazy year. Yeah, 2020 is going to be sick. Yeah. At the end of the day, too, it's like I'm super proud of the master class, and I'm super proud of the students that came in and gave it a chance because everybody seemed like, you know, we did – six to eight classes in a short period of time. And when it was time to make a move on Nordic and backyard, because those were the two main ones at that time, we, we as a group were the number one sellers of those projects. And that's amazing. And like kudos to you for putting that to the group and putting it together. And I just think, you know what, honestly, Aaron, man, like, you know, like I think we're ending this podcast right here at a high. Yeah. And I think, yo, like, let's just tell the people like, yo, 2020s and beyond is going to be crazy. Right. We're in the city of Toronto. Right. Let's all make our mark and let's try to work together. Like, this is all about togetherness. And and just to shout out, just because we're on this, yo, if anyone wants to be on the podcast, you know how to reach us and find us. Hit us up, yo. We're we're glad to have any sort of guests. Correct. We're going to be bringing all sorts of people. And yeah, let's get it for 2020. one other thing too is just you know i want to see everyone come out to the master class um this year we have 10 classes coming up um and basically you know be prepared to do deals be prepared to learn and be prepared to be the best you possible right and you're learning from individuals who are you know who are out there every single day bringing in the deals pushing things forward and um you know and just like jason said 2020 is going to be that year where we're going to change the mindset for the millennials. We're going to be getting into development. We're going to be launching in the masterclass. Um, don't want to give too much away. Co-living, right? So we're going to be doing our own co-living Stop projects. Stop there. They got to come to the masterclass. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right man. man. Thanks, man. Thank Now I'm in my zone. My zone.